School, a podcast designed to help you start or grow your karate school. We aim to provide lots of great information on the business of karate, preserving your art, as well as fun industry news and interviews. My name is Colton Woodard, and I'll be your host. I'm a 7th Don and Shitaru and Vice President of the National Karate Kabuto Federation. I host a wealth of Shitaru and Ryukyu Kabuto lessons and content at nkkf.org. We're constantly adding new members around the globe. My father, Bill Woodard, ran a karate dojo for over 35 years, and I'll be using insights from this business model to periodically talk about throughout the podcast. Before we begin today's topic, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by BPISports.com. BPI Sports is passionate about health and fitness and helping athletes achieve their best performance. BPI Sports makes some great supplements and apparel for your workouts. They've graciously supplied karate school listeners with a Get 15 after following the link in the podcast show notes to activate it. In this episode, we'll talk about opening or running karate school and the balances any owner should aim for. The four balances we're going to talk about are financial, traditional, family, and personal. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, first balance we're going to talk about in today's episode is financial. So the financial balance of running a karate school. Things that you want to aim for when you're running karate school is definitely to keep the doors open, uh, making sure that you're taken care of, making sure that your family's taken care of uh, financially and that you can afford nice things. Now, I have not really ever seen a sensei pull up to a karate tournament in a Corvette or a Lamborghini. So if you're looking to make a lot of money, Doing it in a, in a one location karate school probably isn't going to do that for you. And I think most people are opening a karate school not to become a millionaire, but to um, kind of have an enjoyable, you know, an enjoyable job. And I know, like I said, for, for my dad and me growing up in a dojo, um, yeah, we did we did pretty well. Um, we, we had everything that we needed and we were happy. And I think for the most part, running a dojo is kind of like, you know, you only work a, a certain amount of hours each day. And if you love doing karate, it's the job for you. You know, we had different kinds of programs. So uh, we'd have the after school program. So like, you know, two o'clock to five o'clock, you have a couple um, possibilities of, of running some kids after school karate classes and then a little break for dinner and then that six o'clock till eight o'clock another two hours you have adult classes so you're looking at about five hours of work a day five days a week so for 25 hours a week um you're, you're not really if you've done some other jobs before you know the money that you do make from karate and the hours that you work can be good and it is kind of physically taxing on your body sometimes, but if you're in good shape, you enjoy doing karate, you enjoy teaching, then opening karate school is for you. And that's what we're here to talk about on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So financial. Um, there's a couple different business models that people use when opening karate school. Are you going to basically do what a franchise does? Um where you can make it replicable or are you the sole 
reason the dojo exists and, and without you it would fail. And in my dad's case, when he ran his dojo, if he wasn't there, it kind of fell apart. Now he did have black belts and other instructors that could come in and teach the classes when he was sick or hurt and um, it did pretty well. So there, there is that business model as well. Um, or you know, you can hire employees and run it like a boxing gym where you really don't have to come in. It doesn't matter who's teaching. You have a calendar and you kind of block off time slots. Hey, Thursday night, Enrique's teaching class or Friday at six o'clock, we have Julio teaching class. So there's, there's different ways that you can run your karate school and they're all good. So it's definitely up to you how you wanna, how you wanna run it. <clears throat> um, let's talk financial. When my dad was first starting off back in the 80s, he was charging like $35 a month um, for karate. And because of that, he had hundreds of students, right? It was very affordable, so you had a lot of students. So you have, you know, low fees and high enrollment, um, which is a lot of work. I mean, imagine trying to spend one minute per student when you have 100 people in your class. That's a hundred minutes, you know, over an hour and a half of giving 60 seconds to each individual. And I feel like in this business model, you know, those students aren't really going to be super happy with what they're getting in return. And you're going to have a lot of attrition. People are going to drop out of the program and they're going to come back and then other people are going to sign up. So it, it really is setting yourself up for some mixed reviews. And then you're, you have to make sure that you're covering <clears throat> things like electric and the lease or the rent of the building that you're using. And with that many students, you're also going to need a larger facility. And those large facilities come with a large price. So finding the sweet spot on how much you need to, to charge is definitely something um, to think about ahead of time. Put this stuff down on paper and then also leave a little money on there to make sure that you're taken care of financially. That's going to be the most important thing for longevity of your karate school. So um, <clears throat> I think that if people really want to do something and you can add the value of your lessons and like what you have, um, you know, taught, you're, you're going to do really well. You're going to be able to take your knowledge that you've learned and help others out and provide a great service, it, then it's definitely worth the money that you're going to charge. So in my case, if I was going to open a karate school today, I would figure out what what is the rent of the building that I need, right? What's the max capacity of that building? If it's a 2,000 square foot building and I can have 30 students, this is all hypothetical, we'll just run through some quick math, and I can have 30 students in my classes, then that's that's my max. I can only have 30 students and we're charging monthly, right? So if that 2,000 square foot building is $2 per square foot, it's $4,000 just for the rent, not including electric, and I can only have 30 students a month um, per class, maybe three different classes, 90 students, um, maybe 100 students max if, if I had a an earlier class and was doing four classes and it's maxed out like got pre-sales everything um, hundred students and I need to make you know 
two, uh, what I say, four thousand uh, dollars a month. Um, yeah, I mean, you could charge a hundred dollars a month and make a thousand dollars and be three thousand dollars in debt. You'd have to charge those students four hundred dollars a month. Oh, I'm sorry, forty dollars a month just to cover your uh, rent expenses, and that's not considering electric, right? So let's let's just say the electric is what a couple hundred bucks 250 something like that um so you could do 100 bucks a month and then you'd have the 60 dollars profit per student and this is considering if you can get that many people 100 people is a lot right that's probably the maximum amount you're going to make so this is best case scenario and then and then you're taking that 60 bucks a month you know six grand um and then taking some money out of that for other expenses like vehicles and whatnot um, that's, and that's okay money. I mean, if you had what, $5,000 takeaway each month, um, you know, $60,000, $60,000 a year. I mean, that's more than some people make. Um, but it's, you know, to some of us, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. So I'd probably charge at least double that if I could. And then you have expenses like buying uniforms and, you know, the mats and the bags and <laughs> repair on things and vehicle expenses. So there's a lot of things that, that are going to come out of your profit. That's, that's going to reduce your takeaway. Um, and then marketing expenses is, you know, how are you going to get those people into your school, get them enrolled, get them on contract, get them signed up. Um, got a couple minutes left. So I wanted to touch on a different topic. We'll come back and we'll go through, um, in detail more more of the financial stuff later on um, traditional aspects of it like are you going to keep a certain uh, karate style alive and stick to the tradition of it because a lot of people don't want to do competitions anymore um, my dad's school focused a lot on being traditional it weeded out a lot of people that wanted to try different things or just have fun you know if you're are you teaching mainly to adults or are you going for kids if you're going for kids they just want to have fun they want to kick a ball play games run around right so you might think about doing that <clears throat> you know choosing are you going to be traditional are you going to go for something more recess oriented or or do a combination of both and then, you know, family, family balance. Um, do you have a separation of, is the dojo your life? And is that all you do? Or do you have other things that you enjoy to do? Um, how are you going to separate the time that you spend in the dojo from the time that you spend with your family, the time that you spend doing your hobbies? Um, that balance is really important. So I like to do everything on Google Calendar and make sure that the dojo is taken care of and I have hours dedicated to that and I'm not spending my off time working on the dojo before I go to work in the dojo. Um, and then personal. You want to make sure that you have time blocked off in your schedule that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that your health is good, making sure that you are getting nutritious, um, you know, meals that that you can you're not getting sick and that you're you're uh stretching because you know if you're not taking days off from the dojo you're going to be more injury prone so making sure that you have everything where it needs to be i think balance is key when you're running a karate school or any business 
is finding balance in all aspects of your life to do the things that you want to enjoy teaching karate you enjoy that being in a successful business you enjoy that spending time with your family you can enjoy that and then also working on your personal self whether that is achieving your financial goals achieving your um, goals with your hobbies making sure that you're staying in touch with your friends and that the dojo isn't consuming your life um, and then just being, you know, healthy and happy in general. And then, you know, growing your personal. You might want to take trips to Japan to go training, you know, blocking off time for that, making sure that you're not working on the holidays. And then um, blocking off time to work on the business so that you can um, have a good relationships with your clients because, you know, customer satisfaction's really really important in the karate industry people you know people feel like it's a family when they come into a dojo and and they want to you know they they want to come into the dojo and feel like they have a place and feel like they're at home and they're comfortable and that they're they're learning so the last thing i would say is find balance to make lesson plans um and then kind of know who's in each class having um, a way to kind of orientate new students into the class and make them feel welcome, but also giving lessons that help your longtime students still enjoy the classes and, and grow in their skills as well. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I think we're going to start doing 30 minutes from here on out instead of 15. If you've enjoyed this lesson, please make sure you give it a review um, on your favorite, you know, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, um, that helps us reach more people. If you uh, are interested in doing Shito Karate or Yuki Kabuto, please head over to nkkf.org. You'll find a bunch of lessons there. Um, you can use the the coupon code podcast, and that will help you save fifty percent off of any of our memberships on the website. You can also do a free seven day trial. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Colton Woodard, your host of Karate School. Mm -hmm.